A stu stu Studio D production. Today alone, I was the oldest I think I've ever been. Um, <laughs> well, well, I guess. guess. <laughs> uh, but also, logically. That is a fact. <laughs> you are okay. correct, Hannah. All so, of us, like, boss. We were like, uh. <laughs> Today, I walk into work with my cane. Because my back was hurting really, really bad. I walk into the back. I'm hobbling around. And then I had to put my wrist brace on because my arthritis was really bad today. Oh, no. And then I was, I I had to be like, oh, my acid reflux. <laughs> I have to go grab my tums out of my purse because my acid reflux is like, really bad today. Rolls of tums just remind me of grandma. Sit down, I want to tell you a story. A really weird and messed up story. everyone welcome to effed up family story time i'm salem and i'm hannah and with us today we have jestifer hello and <laughs> bell hey i didn't do it guys I'm, i said something this time you said hello, hello. good job <laughs> good job jess so we are here today recording our 41st episode. Hard to believe we have over 40 episodes. <gasps> wow. Kelly offended me in the last oh. one. Um, I think the one that just got released where she said something. And we only have 30 episodes. We have 41 <laughs> episodes now. I mean, after we finish right recording now, this, this episode. I mean, yeah. In about an hour. Um, so <laughs> hopefully less. How's everyone doing today? Yeah. 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 Feeling good? Yeah. I had to work this morning i really don't like recording on saturdays oh really because i work on saturday mornings like i much prefer being able to come here after just waking up than <laughs> having to stand and work for like six hours and then also come here that makes sense and not nap immediately afterwards i think that's <laughs> what it is every time i come home from work i immediately nap <laughs> you haven't gotten your nap in my therapist has yelled at me oh I really you're not supposed to nap <laughs> was also at work from 6.30 today, but it's because I'm a procrastinating ass bitch. You weren't at work. You were at your place of work as a customer. That's what I mean is that I wasn't working at work. I was working on other things, but I was working at work. Have we gotten any listener we got emails? That Have one. I been supposed to check? I don't know. I've been oh. checking. Uh, I'm can just you, asking. Can Did you we imagine? We got one. Can you imagine? I'm sorry. <laughs> can you imagine if we were telling all of these people to send in listener emails, but then not a single one none of us was checking the email. Nobody's checking the email. <laughs> and we had check. like a hundred of them. Yeah. <laughs> and we and how many listeners we lost because they're like they never reply to my emails. <laughs> one of them was Steve Buscemi. Maybe He's we should get now. rid of email Steve and just Buscemi. say Facebook and Instagram, like. <laughs> No, um, I do check the <laughs> they're emails. All, so they're all from Steve Buscemi. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, come on, guys, answer me. You mentioned me in the last episode. <laughs> I'd like to be a guest. Well, Steve, I'm Steve. sorry. We'll do better. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you want to be a guest in this studio, Steve. It's a little low rent, but it's I think, fun. You know, looking back on some of the movies Steve did, I bet they had low budgets. Not that they were bad, Steve. 
So he's probably used to like, I mean, I always together with duct tape and gum. I always have good food and I'll make sure to pick up all the cat puke before you come. (laughs) (laughs) And the cat that used to poop on the carpet is no longer with us. Sadly, sadly, RIP Loki. Sweet man. Yeah. Sweet little pisser. Oh, he was a pisser. Hannah and I were talking today about how every cat is an asshole. Every single cat. Yeah. Different variations of asshole, though. We were talking about... No, thank you. Hercules has a lot of character. He's got a big personality. And Belle was like, well, every animal has a personality. <laughs> and I said, some cats, though, their whole personality is just that they are a cat. Like, yeah. Allie, Brigitte's cat, is very much, like, just a cat. Well, yeah. Hannah and I were talking about how you would refer to Loki as his catitude. Well, Loki, Loki had a personality. Was the... He, the cat. He was like the, the godfather cat. of cats. He was. And he he was, <laughs> don't touch me. Just look at me. And he would, do what I and tell you. And he's the only cat that I've ever had that would like actually catch shit and bring it inside. Oh, yeah. Live birds flapping their wings in his face and he'd be running around the house. What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> Although Sage. He's like, oh, shit, I messed up, guys. Sage catches. <laughs> yeah. Sage catches, catches shit and tries to bring it in the house. Oh, my God. But I, I usually see her coming and I'm like, <laughs> nope. And I shut the door in her face. <laughs> when was that? Like, like a month ago or something <laughs> that I was over here. Oh yeah, and she got that bird and yeah. you guys like rescued it. <laughs> like she caught like two birds within like three days. Yeah. Well, and I murdered remember them. And a mouse. Well, and a big old mouse. In the living room, and I see you look across and look at the door and you just go, Sage! And you Shit. run over there and you slam the door in her face. Because she was like <laughs> walking over with a bird in her like mouth. She was about to come inside. Yeah. So Izzy once once after we got her left us a present in the very beginning but she kind of messed up because she ate everything but the head and oh left no. us a head with like guts oh uh, my god the fact that she ate it is and, hilarious or, or left it somewhere else but after but we didn't like it and i was like no izzy she's never tried to bring anything inside <laughs> since my Ollie cats do not never... eat anything they just like the birds sage kills often look pristine that's why i've talked to you about how i would like to taxidermy right? them because i feel Aww. so bad just throwing them in the trash yeah, and they're just, beautiful like, them on give the me their but george thought that was horribly disgusting and he was worried oh. about how i'm always um, saying i want to start a cult and so would George mount a deer head if he shot one? Probably. Then you I, can yeah. taxidermy the, birds. Yeah. I want bird to do it in the basement. Killed. I want to taxidermy them with their wings out so they look like they're flying and hang them from the ceiling. That added I, some to the culty issue for me. I follow an Instagram page where they, okay, so this person's mom, their dog died. Family dog. He dies, right? They go to Colorado. There's a person in Colorado who does incredible taxidermy. Tell George that. And they taxidermied this dog. They traveled from out of state to come to Colorado to taxidermy this dog. And now he has an Instagram page where he takes his taxidermy dog with him to places and will like photograph. Oh my God. And it's like scrubs. It looks so real. (laughs) And I am taxidermying Ollie. I should have taxidermy show and I'm probably you know going to taxidermy pair. How expensive is I should I, I will I don't care it can't be birds. that much well, more expensive than getting them you cremated. You don't have kids. Oh, my cats are just getting buried. There's nothing wrong with burying your animals. No, especially, especially if you since... send them off right. I got a big old backyard. They're all going yeah, behind well, the shed. There's yeah. already so many of our critters buried yeah, in that we backyard. Have a oh, man, they may not like Buddy, but yeah, my know. bird is in this backyard. Yeah. Well, and if I and had a property, rats. if I had a property, and I would just bury my pet. 
sure. in the like, backyard. But I like the idea of having them taxidermy. Oh, I'm going to give them so all that a I can Viking freak out funeral. All my friends that come over on for the, the dirt, rest of though, my life. Put so, some paper on top of Jess, their grave I don't, and light it on fire. I don't right. think that having a Viking funeral on land is in the same thing. Colorado? I think it's just lighting yeah, your dead hey, animal hey, on fire. No, I'm not lighting it's having him. a funeral pyre. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to bury him. Which they did for a lot of warriors. With a. A lit arrow to like the little pile of kindling on top of his grave, and we'll have a little fire, and it'll burn out quick because it's just the kindling. And there you go. And, and that's then how Colorado burned down. Catch this kindling. <laughs> and hey, I'm careful. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so um, after all of that, if you are interested in sending us an email, I heard, I thought somewhere that we got one, but if you want to reach out to us, we are effed up family story time. You can find us at you might have said FFS the podcast on Instagram, and I'm pretty sure that's our like URL on Facebook, right? I think it is FFS um, the podcast. But you can also search Instagram. us up as F'd Up Family Storytime. It's E F F E D. Um, and you can email us at FFS the podcast at gmail.com. And please email please us. Please email us. Um, also, you can review us on yes, whatever us. podcast app you're listening to. Give us some stars and maybe a review. And yeah, if you like us. Yeah. We're out here. We're doing the thing. We enjoy it. I only come here because I'm having a good time. But yeah. I like to know if you guys are also having a good time. I, I hope so. I come here because Salem always feeds us. Yeah, yeah I do there's make that. Good. Uh, there's always booze and here. there's always food. And, and I get to hang out with my family. And I hate cooking. So the more food I can get for Evie before we go home, the better. And you guys can be part of the family. Well, I hope she... I you hope are, if you're listening. If you, you are, are listening, of our you're part of our up family. Our effed up family. Are you just echoing me, Belle? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. We should probably get into the story. Yes. And today we have Hannah telling the story. Yeah, yeah. It's me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'll let you take over. Um, there's a part of me that's a little sad we didn't do this last weekend because I did wake up at two in the morning to finish this story, but it's very good. <laughs> It was snowy, and then we tried. We tried to get you over here. I know, and then I didn't want to. No. So I can't say that I'm upset that we didn't do it last well, weekend. Well, and you can blame me entirely if you want to, because I was absolutely not prepared, and I pushed for not doing the well, podcast last Well, if Hannah would have been up for it, I would have said, hey, come over, let's at least do yours, yeah, and then yeah. we can do uh, Bell's today, I also but... am tired of driving in the snow. So Same. tired. Yeah, Anyways, but... so I am doing the story of the Hinterkaifeck murders. What? Was that English? No, no. it was German. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't sound English, and I was curious. I will. And now I, will I sound this. like some weird bigot, but like I we're just, literally German. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't. They don't. No, that now they do. Thanks. <laughs> well, okay. So there Thanks are how many millions of German last names in the world? Like they're going to be able to find ours. Okay. So, the Hinterkaifeck murders took place on March 31st of 1922. I like old ones. I do, too. It, the Hinterkaifeck was a small Bavarian farmstead around 40 miles north of Munich, Germany. And on March 31st of 1922, I don't know why I say it, like, 22. Because you're proper. March 31st, 1922. 
is almost exactly a hundred years, years ago. ago, and it'll be a hundred years ago in ten days. What? Oh my From god! When this episode is released, I didn't even put two and two together. Sorry, I was just kind of no. That's great. And you were so like, you numbers. need to say something about that. Belle did something with math. Is anybody else surprised? It was a hundred years. She's the only the, one that the figured it easiest, out. <laughs> the easiest math, but it's math to do. Hundred. That's yeah. true. That's true. Um, I'm gonna start over. Okay. <laughs> So, the Hinterkaifeck murders took place on March 31st of 1922. A hundred years ago and Nearly ten days from now. Nearly a hundred years ago. Hinterkaifeck was a small Bavarian farmstead around 40 miles north of Munich, Germany. On March 31st, six members of the Gruber and Gabriel family were murdered. The father, Andreas Gruber, who was 63, his wife, Kazelia, I think that's how it's pronounced. I apologize if I mispronounce things. There are a lot of weird German words in here. And if you do your best, reco- uh, well, and if you recognize that she mispronounced things, email us. We'd us. love to know if we yes. have someone who can ridicule what we do. So Andreas's wife, Kazelia Gruber, who was 72, their daughter, Victoria Gabriel, who was 35, her two children, Kazelia, who was seven, and Joseph, who was two, and the maid, Maria Baumgartner, who was 44, were all murdered. Before the attacks, there were reports of strange things happening on the farm. Um, About six months before the murders took place, the previous maid had quit, and she had claimed that she was hearing strange noises from the attic. And she kind of thought that the house was haunted, and that's partially why she quit. So... Wuss. (laughs) In March of 1922, before the murders happened... Andreas Gruber found a strange newspaper from Munich on the property, and it was like days before the murder took place. Mind you, this place is 40 miles north of Munich, and in 1922, it would have been a little weird for them to have a newspaper for a town that they didn't live in. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, usually they're locally owned and operated. Yeah. So days before the murder happened, Andreas told neighbors that he had found tracks in the snow leading from the forest to the farm's machine room, which had a broken door lock. And that happened, like, very briefly before the murders happened. Who, fa- who again? Sorry. Andreas, the father. The father, okay. Yeah. That evening, the same evening that they had seen the footprints in the snow, um, the family had heard footsteps in the attic, and so the building was searched, Ooh. but nobody was found. Oh, that's creepy. The attic of the house? Yes, the attic yeah, of the house. That's creepy. But the lock that was broken was... Was on the machine room. On the machine, okay. On the farm. Okay. So Andreas told several people about the occurrences that he had seen and heard, but he refused help from any of his neighbors and also never reported it to the police. Why? Well, you don't, don't call the police for ghosts. Yeah. And I, I mean, sounds, I guess... Yeah, they didn't find anything. Yeah, they didn't find anything. I don't think anything was missing. I'd call and the so, police still... I, mean, I would call the police for I ghosts. mean, maybe I, I wouldn't. Would. I would just assume that it was ghosts. I, I think the <laughs> footsteps, if I found weird footsteps, like, leading footprints, to... Footprints, yeah. I yeah, would, like, footprints. Yeah. Or I feel like even if I heard footsteps, I would probably just get scared and call the police. But also, it was 1922, <laughs> and it's like... Yeah. How fast are they going to get there? Yeah. <laughs> how much do they care? Yeah, and you already... How much are they going to be able to do? Yeah, it's that's true. That's true. <laughs> Sorry to, to side track anyway go ahead <laughs> so seven-year-old Kazelia told classmates that her mother had left the farm the night before the murders after a quote-unquote violent quarrel 
And she was found later in the forest, like a few hours later. Violent quarrel with whom? It didn't specify. Okay. Just that there was a violent quarrel that had occurred at the house. At the and house. And so she left and, and ran who, into the forest. Who else is at the house? So at the house was Andreas Cazelia, who is the elder Cazelia. Um, her the, husband? Her wife. No, wait. Andreas is the husband. Cazelia is the wife. Cazelia Sr. Yes. Okay. And, and then Victoria, son. their daughter, and her two children, Cazelia Jr. Okay. and Joseph. Oh, it doesn't oh really so work, she though. doesn't She's have a husband okay. then or anything. That's who her, ran off. What right was Victoria? Victoria, yeah. Her. So I was she thinking was a like a spat between her and her her spouse or right, something. Right, right. No, she was widowed. Okay. And how old was Victoria when she ran off? Thirty-five. Oh, so she wasn't a kid. So it's no, not no, no. as sad. This was the night before the murders. She ran off because there was a quarrel with somebody, but then... And then they found her in the forest, and, like, presumably she was brought home. <laughs> oh, okay. When you said found her in the forest, no, 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 for no, no, some no. reason I dead. assumed dead. No. Okay, so Victoria <laughs> got into a fight with somebody at the house, ran away dramatically. They found her later in the forest and, like, brought her home. Okay, that was just one of the strange occurrences that happened and, okay. immediately before okay. the murders took place. And did Victoria place. say anything about that? Or? There's no information on it. I mean, maybe just, she's It's just really mad. probably yeah. not relevant to the whole murders. No, I think it was just like something weird that had happened that like Cazelia right. Jr. had brought up to her And classmates. people are trying to make it another weird thing to add yeah. to the... Well, okay. and they're trying to make sense of everything that happened. And so it's like maybe her running away had something to do with the murders but more maybe, likely not probably not okay so on the afternoon of the murders maria Baumgartner, who was the maid at the time arrived at the farm accompanied by her sister maria's sister left the farm and she was likely the last person to see anyone of the family alive oh and so it seems like in the evening victoria her daughter Cazelia, and her parents Cazelia and andreas were lured to the barn through the stable where they were murdered one by one. The perpetrator used a mattock that belonged to the Gruber family. And for those who don't know, I was one of these people. A mattock is a hand tool used for digging, prying, and chopping. It, it kind of looks similar to a pickaxe. Does it have a flat end on the other side that looks like a hoe, kind of? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that. so it's like one side is a pickaxe, the other side is a hoe. <laughs> okay, cool. I want one of those for my garden. I've actually looked at them. I oh, want really? something like that to break up the rocky clay-like no. dirt I mean, in my garden. Compared to what else they do, they might do it for you for pretty cheap. <laughs> those hoes. <laughs> I it took me so long to figure out what you were trying to say. <laughs> so it appears that everyone in the farm was killed by blows to the head uh, from the mattock, from the pickaxe side or the hoe side. I don't know. Both, maybe? Did they Does it matter? Me? I feel like they would be no. equally as damaging. I just didn't know if a hoe was responsible for this work. Anyway. People are dead, Oh, my Mom. God. Look what I started. <laughs> you didn't start a bad thing. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, the perpetrator then moved into the house where they killed Joseph, who's the two-year-old who's sleeping in his bassinet, Aww. and Maria Baumgardner, who was in her bedchamber. With the same weapon? Yes. Uh, and who's... Maria. Maria was the maid. Gotcha. 
Um, the bodies weren't discovered until four days after the murder took place, despite numerous people coming to the farm before the discovery was made. So on April 1st, the day after the murders happened, coffee sellers Hans Schlo Hans Shirovsky and Edward Shirovsky arrived at the farm to the family's or to take the family's coffee order. They knocked on the doors and the windows but got no response. And before they left, they noticed that the gate into the machine house was open. Okay. But they and didn't... the footsteps were leading up to the machine house, right? So Yeah, the ones that Andreas implies had found somebody before. was staying in the machine house. Mm -hmm. Okay. How come you never saw footprints of them leaving? I I'll mean, never tell. Um, <laughs> I mean, no, no, that's one of like the weirdest things because, about like, this. If somebody was living in the machine house and they're the ones who committed the murder, you should see their footprints coming from the machine house. Yeah. That's that's one of the things that has always been like the weird thing about this case is that the there were I mean, not really. I'm not really going to talk about it other than right here. But like there were never any footprints leaving. So it's it's suspected that whoever the perpetrator was had been on the property for a while before committing the murders or floated away. Yeah, or they flew. It was that's, a mothman. <laughs> that's scary, though. That's like one of my uh -huh. biggest fears is like having somebody be in your home and not like know watching it. you yeah. for days before you're like murdered. Like, oh, or or even just the ones where they find out somebody's been living in their home for months on end and they don't do anything to you that's still fucking creepy <laughs> yeah. as shit. Oh my god, I had a friend in Fort Collins when I was going to school up there who like had moved into a house with a bunch of roommates and in his bedroom there was like this little like crawl space area. They like went in and like found like a Tupperware that was like full of like molded spaghetti Ooh. and like a little bed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty creepy. They had no idea what happened down there. So Hans and Edward Shirovsky left. They noticed that the gate was open, but they didn't really do anything about it because no one was answering their knocks. Um, so after that, Kazila Gabriel, who was the seven-year-old daughter, was reported absent from school, and then the family never arrived for Sunday worship. So on April 4th, the assembler Albert Hoffner went to Hinterkaifeck to repair the food chopper engine. He didn't see any of the family and only heard farm animals and the dog inside the barn. He waited about an hour before starting his repair, and in total his repair took about um, four and a half hours. So around 3.30 p.m. on April 4th, Lorenz Schlittenbauer, I think that's how you pronounce that. I believe so. <laughs> Schlittenbauer. Sounds right, yeah. Uh, he sent his 16-year-old son, Johan, and his stepbrother, Joseph, um, to Hinterkaifeck to contact the family because they hadn't been heard from. Yeah, I noticed. I said Johan, but only <laughs> didn't say Joseph. I'm just you shit. But I will just say Joseph. Um, <laughs> so he sent his children to uh, the Hinter Hinterkaifeck farm to check on the family because they hadn't been heard from in quite a few days. And they returned and reported that they hadn't seen anyone. So Lorenz headed to the farm with Michael Pohl and Jacob Sigil. They entered the barn to find the bodies of Andreas uh Kazelia Sr., Kazelia Jr., and Victoria. And then they entered the house afterwards and found Maria and Joseph. 
So the initial investigation into the murders was hampered by the number of people who'd been at the crime scene. I mean, just alone in what I had mentioned, there were the two coffee sellers. There was the person who came and fixed the machine. There were Lorenz's children and then Lorenz and Michael Pohl and Jacob Sigel. So that alone is like a lot of a lot of people a being lot of on evidence. the crime scene and messing with the evidence exactly. unintentionally. Um, it was also said that people had moved certain bodies and items and oh. even cooked and ate meals in the kitchen of the home. Really? And I don't, there was not like a whole lot of information on that. I don't know if that was like investigators had done that or people who had come to check on the family had done that. Yeah, like, but, but just that weird. there was evidence that people had like cooked in the home and eaten <laughs> meals. Weird. <laughs> what if it was the, murderer? what if it was the killer? I mean, the killer could have potentially been I'll in the house to that. the entire time oh, that you'll people get were into coming. That. Oh, get into we're too that. smart yeah. for Hannah's story. <laughs> All of this is making me think of that John Mulaney joke about like old timey detectives. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, detective, we found a blood stain in the hallway. Mm, gross. Map <laughs> it up. <laughs> Back to my hunch. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> After the bodies were discovered, I think the day after, the court physician did autopsies in the barn. They didn't even, like, move the bodies anywhere. <laughs> they just they did just them right, did it right is, in the barn. I mean, know, the okay. most what, accurate way, I guess. To 1922, get. wherever they're going to move them in this small town that doesn't even have a newspaper. Yeah, I guess barn's that probably might not, not worse. <laughs> You're right. Um, so the Matic was most likely the murder weapon, but the weapon itself was never found. Um, okay, so... A Maddox yes. was likely, but they didn't find the yes. one. Okay. Um, evidence showed that the seven-year-old Kazila was alive for several hours after being initially assaulted. Oh, that's oh so sad. Gosh. I know. So she she lived and then just bled out is oh. what it seemed like. Oh, no. um, she tore her own hair out in tufts while she was lying <gasps> in the straw. That's such an odd reaction, I but know. I get it. Yeah. I'm not oh. talking into the mic. Sorry, guys. But like, I'm trying to think of like, what would I be doing? And my mind oh. doesn't go to pulling out my hair. But what do you? But like, I don't really know. It makes sense why it would be kind of like comforting. Well, you know, I mean, just well, like given my neurodivergence, my own neurodivergence, and my comfort in skin picking and that you know word. that kind of thing. Um, did she get hit in the head? Yeah. So I wonder if she was trying to fix it or ease the that, pain. That's or, kind of what I thought. I don't necessarily think that it was a comforting thing because she was dying either way. Well, yeah, but I, I, I don't mean like was, comforting, but I just mean like that, like soothing yeah, almost. Yeah. Anxiety, like soothing, kind soothing. of. I do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So the skulls of the victims were removed and examined further in Munich. Initially, the police had suspected possible robbery, so they interrogated vagrants, traveling craftsmen, and several people from the surrounding villages. But the theory of robbery was abandoned when they found large amounts of money still inside the home. And there was evidence that whoever committed the murders stayed on the farm for several days. <laughs> so that's, that's who cooked the food. Maybe. Possible. <laughs> Maybe. It, it wasn't too specific, but it was specific about the evidence um, that someone was on the farm after the murders were committed. All of the cattle were fed. There was a supply of bread that was gone from the kitchen. Meat was taken from the pantry. Why would they feed the cattle? Because they don't hate animals, just people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe <laughs> to 
prevent any kind of suspicion because there were so many people that had like come oh, to the farm just to check so on the family. The animals weren't acting odd yeah. or something. Yeah, and like a- apart from them not being there. Apart from them not like responding to people, everything seemed normal for mm. multiple days afterwards yeah. because he was feeding the cattle. Huh. Okay. Sounds like a psychopath. So the initial inspection. Sociopath. I can never remember the difference. <laughs> I mean, the fact that there was evidence that he. Sounds I mean, like first of all, the fact that there were no footsteps coming, you know, there was possible evidence that he was in the house for multiple days before the murders and then yeah. evidence further evidence that he was in the house for multiple days after the murders mm-hmm. like I mean, this doesn't sound like the kind of person right. who has a a, well, a sense of reality I but guess. Yeah. or just like he any moved the bodies empathy. to the barn right or because no or did they were kill killed in, the, in the barn okay the the two people that were killed inside the house were two-year-old joseph and then right. the okay. maid maria well you Baumgartner. said there was blood in the hallway or something or was that just our joke no that was just the joke oh sorry you <laughs> confused me okay i get it so they were killed in the barn so he could i mean maria and joseph were all off and he could live in that house fine not even realize the dead bodies there probably yeah yeah, yeah. But it's obviously a disturbed individual, mm-hmm. whether it was a sociopath or a psychopath. <laughs> I can never remember <laughs> the difference. So the initial inspection suggested that the family was lured to the barn by restlessness in the stables. So noises. So he spooked yeah. the horses and yeah. then the horses then drew their attention. They came to check on the horses. The whole, but, all four of them went? That's weird. But well, all four well they had seen footprints and they heard footprints uh, in the house. I would bring multiple system. people at that point to be like, who the fuck's in the stables? <laughs> well, well, and here's the thing. I also wonder if like maybe a couple people went out and then they didn't come back for a long time so and then a couple people more went people out. went out oh, yeah that's kind of what I saw. They, there weren't horror movies to watch back then to know not to do that well and, and it also you would appeared. go out anyway yeah, even if you knew out. you were gonna die I'd, I'd be like mom and dad haven't come uh-uh. back from the stables I would, jess and kelly are i'm like in their rooms i'm scared but i have to figure out what's I going on would i would yell for the them thing. and if they didn't answer i would call the police but they didn't have phones to oh, call well, the police you're talking about back then i'm talking about right now you said uh, i would uh, well, like right it was now, present yeah, of course day. i would call somebody oh, else yeah. to come and look for me my joke was funny that they didn't have horror movies to watch to know not to do that exactly that's why i don't understand why you didn't get what i was saying but nobody left (laughs) (laughs) thanks bell we laugh more at bell's laugh i know you guys are assholes (laughs) all of that to say um it was later discovered that human screams couldn't be heard from the living area like screams from within the barn couldn't be heard from the living area i'm really sorry i'm just imagining the investigation like how officer. they found this out like there's a couple people sitting in the I, living room and then one guy sitting in the barn like a couple people sitting oh in the car just oh. <laughs> so now I have two things to say I had one thing to say but now I have two things to say I have practiced like certain things where I've made your dad like go outside and tell me if you can hear this from outside like when I have my bluetooth speaker on and I turn it up really loud to true crime podcast and I have all the windows and doors open and little kids are playing outside I'm like I want to know how well they can hear it and shit like that I have done my own experiments but what I was going to say was how could they hear the restlessness in the barn to go out and check the horses Uh but not hear people screaming that's why 
Like, I think that that implies that that's not the reason that they went out to the barn. <laughs> that's, yeah. Or that could also imply that that's why Maria Baumgartner was still within the home, even if they were being murdered out inside the, outside in the barn. I mean, maybe they were just closer to the door or something, so they heard it. Yeah, well, and it doesn't state, like, whether the four that were murdered in the barn had been inside at that point. Oh, True. maybe they were somewhere So they could the have property. been outside on the property and, feeding the animals. Okay. And if only one person heard it, they could have been close enough to hear it. And then if it's the they followed each other yeah. theory, then that would make sense. Okay. So the night after the crime, Michael Plockel, I think that's how Plockel. you pronounce that. Plockel. I don't it has an how. umlaut over the O. Oh, Plochel. Um, I'm sorry, German people. Michael passed by Hinterkaifeck. <laughs> he saw that the oven had been heated by someone, and the same someone who uh, assumedly lit the oven approached Michael with a lantern and blinded him. Wait, when did this happen? The night after the murders. So okay. after the murders, but yes. before they were found. He just, okay. So like, he had passed by the property. Him? They came with a lantern and like shined it in his face. So and he, couldn't so he couldn't see, see who it was. Oh, okay. But it's he like didn't know, like, you... like actually like, no, 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 like, no, permanently no, no, no. Blind. no, no. He didn't like <laughs> throw a lantern at his face and burn his eyes. <laughs> like, he was just like light blinded. It's, like right? like, <laughs> it's like when you flip your headlights on so the people yeah. Yeah. outside can't see you in the car. The reason that like police will shine a flashlight in your face yeah. to like disorient you yeah, yeah. so that you no, can't I get see their that. faces. I was also, but like this guy's a murderer. It could be entirely possible that he just ran at him with a knife and like stabbed him in the eyes yeah but i would that's not what happened i would not be surprised we've covered worse (laughs) so after this michael left and he was on his way he didn't see who it was but he noted that the smoke coming from the fireplace had a very disgusting smell so hold on just throwing something out there so he's at a place where his friends are right like people he knows right i i assume he saw the stove were acquaintances i mean he, i think it was a very small area and so right. like, all well, of and the like, neighbors knew each other well and like he went with the one guy to find them so i figured no, this like, is a different michael oh okay well i'm so confused because everybody has the I same know. damn name the first this. one was michael pearl and the second one was, <laughs> was michael pearl it also has an umlaut uh, the Pool. second one is michael pleurkel <laughs> pleurkel <laughs> anyway so my question was like so he's aware of these people yeah he does not have any inkling of suspiciousness or oddness that someone who knows him and is using the stove for this house just runs at him and blinds him. He just goes on his way and is like, I mean, I'm, I'm not, not going to lie. I would also run away if someone was no, just like approaching I, me. I'd but be if like, I knew, no, thank you, sir. But if I knew who lived there, I'd probably call out like, what was the guy's name? Adelius or <laughs> Andreas? Andreas. I'd probably be like, Andreas, is that you? Andreas, Andreas, but, is uh, that you? Andreas, <laughs> Andreas, Andreas, is that I still you, think Andreas? it's interesting that he didn't find it odd that somebody charged at him with the light. Well, I think he did find it odd, which is and why he told the police just like, later. Huh, that's <laughs> odd. Did you say that until yet? it? <laughs> well, he told the police this after the bodies had been did discovered. You? He oh. was like, oh, something weird happened See, the day I, after the murders. I did not connect our time travel. I apologize. But what I find funny is he doesn't think it was odd enough to have told anybody in between the time he, this happened and the well, bodies were discovered. So Michael noted that the smoke coming from the pyre, fireplace had a disgusting smell, but these claims were never investigated. 
and no one determined what had been burned in the oven that night. Nobody looked in the fireplace? No. Well, that's stupid. Well, were Very any of the stupid. bodies like mangled? And I, on Jesse's side, I would say if burning I had some weird guy walk up and put a flashlight in my face and then smelled something weird coming from what they were burning, I would at that point probably like tell somebody, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I didn't it realize becomes like a story. It's like those things. You, like, that's what I find hard to believe. Not that he didn't go to the police, but like he wasn't in the pub. And oh, oh yeah. no, the other night. Oh, this, I saw this. Yeah. Why is the German guy Irish? <laughs> because he's in a, in a pub. pub. Bad Irish at that. <laughs> that was Irish? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, right? That's my accent. You wouldn't have I'm known horrible. if I hadn't said it. I should talk in my Boston accent. But like, I feel like he, uh, th- that's like a story you tell people, especially in a small town yeah. where nothing happens, right? We've all seen Beauty yeah. and the Beast. They go to the pub and they sing <laughs> songs about what's happening in their lives. <laughs> there were a few other people who had noticed some strange occurrences around the time that the murders took place. On April 1st at 3.30 a.m., farmer and butcher Simon, Simon Reislander I was kind of Scottish. <laughs> I'm trying my You are trying. Best I was giving here. you feedback. <laughs> this one isn't Less even Scottish. an S. It's like the little B, but it's oh, like that, an S in German. That thingy. Oh. Um, oh. Icelander. That was pretty good. Thank you. you thought <laughs> the Rai was Thanks, pretty good duo, for sure. Duolingo. Terminator. <laughs> Simon Reislander was headed home. I was really good, Hannah. Terminator. I was doing it in the German accent, so I was like, was headed home. <laughs> Simon Reislander was headed home when he saw two figures at the edge of the forest. When the two figures saw Reislander, they turned so their faces were hidden and he couldn't see them. In May of 1927, so five years after the murders, a stranger stopped a resident of Wedhofen, which... I think was the the town or the village that Hinterkaifeck Farm was in. And he stopped them around midnight and he asked questions about the murders and shouted that he was the murderer before running into the woods. Oh. But this stranger was never identified. I'm the murderer! <laughs> See, if it were now, back these then, days, though, before facial recognition. Oh, God. Sorry. No, go ahead. I would also confess to every murder. <laughs> Be like, like, you'll never find me. Well, <laughs> I don't know. It's dangerous because these days they'd probably find you incompetent to stand trial. Then they did just burned you they as a witch. They just strung you true. up. Yeah. I mean, maybe not 1922. Maybe no witch burning. But I don't know about Germany. They would have just hung you. Totally. Yeah. No, no questions asked. So to this day, no murderer has been found, and the files were closed in 1955. That's still a long time to keep it open, man. Yeah, 32 years? 33? 33 years. 33 years after the murder happened. I mean, especially with, you know, where investigative techniques were. Like, it's Mm -hmm. so different to say 32 years ago from today than it is back then. Like, today it would be like, let's pulled DNA because we were smart enough yeah. 32 years ago to save it. They didn't even but we save the DNA a yeah. hundred years ago. <laughs> yeah. What's DNA? Yeah. <laughs> Collect it. Blood's not important, Yeah, right? <laughs> There's blood exactly. in the hallway. Lop it up. 
No, no, no. You can just step right over that dead buddy. Come here. Yeah, move him to the corner, please. <laughs> He's ruining my view. I'd like to make some eggs. <laughs> In the kitchen of this murdered I mean, family. Somebody already cooked seven meals. I just want to cook the Might as well one. add to it. <laughs> Touch everything you can. Gloves? Who wears gloves? <laughs> I feel that they inhibit my ability to detect what happened through touching everything. Oh. Well, that is where we're going to take our break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about the very long list of suspects in this murder. All right. Subsects. Yeah. <laughs> Shut suspects. up. Suspects. Wait, wait, wait. Were there a lot of people running out of the woods saying, I'm I murdered her! Her! <laughs> No, but there were a lot of people who could have been linked to this crime. Uh, it's a small town in yeah, 1920. Right. Anybody could have been linked to the crime. Any person Germany's that lives well, there. not very large as a country, even. <laughs> well, but I mean, small as far as population. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, no, and I'm, I'm like same. Yeah, Germany probably didn't it's have an, a very high population in the 20s. Probably not. It's an, I, mean, I, don't I don't know. know. It was World War One. They were all. Well, no, Dying. it was af- just after World War One. I. I can never remember if it was in the teens or the twenties. It was in the teens. Yeah, but we'll anyway, we'll teens. find this mystery out later. Yeah, or yeah. not, because it's still not solved. No. Chung, yeah, chung. we won't solve the mystery. Actually, I just wanted to chung chung. You heard it here chung, first. Will we solve chung, the mystery? Chung, the Will we? Murderers? Stay tuned. No, we won't. I'm just going to spoil it now. But will you hear wild speculations of who we think committed the murder? (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. Stay tuned. Back from break. Jessie just smacked herself in the head with her headphones, so we're, we're making a great start. Are you okay? I'm okay. Okay, good. I'm good. So we can move on. We can move on to who done it. Who did done it? Who done it? Dang old did done it. Who do? Doggone <laughs> done and gone and done it. Doggone gone and done it. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> all right. So there were a lot of people who could have possibly dang old done it did. <laughs> there was a very long list of suspects and at not necessarily the top of this list, but the first one that I will start with. So at the top of my list um, was Carl Gabriel, who is Victoria's quote unquote late husband. So Wait. <laughs> okay, I'm thinking uh-huh. of just speed. Okay, I just had to make you pause for a minute <laughs> to make sure I was good. All right, I'm ready. So Carl was reportedly killed in Arras, France in December of 1914 during World War One but his body was never recovered. After the murders, people speculated that Carl never really did die in the war. And if he did die, then Joseph, the two-year-old son of Victoria, was born after his death um, from some unknown man. There was... So the littlest one wasn't... Joseph could not have been born if Carl had died in 1914. Um... Or Joseph could not have been Carl's son if he had died in 1914. But there was speculation that Joseph was actually Andreas's child. Oh. Ew. Mm-hmm. Andreas had had an incestuous relationship that was documented by the court 
and was known throughout the village. Oh, wow. After World War II, captives from Schrobenhausen, from the Schrobenhausen region of Bavaria claimed that they were sent home by a German-speaking Soviet officer who claimed to be the murderer of Hinterkaifeck. It is theorized that the Soviet officer could have been Carl Gabriel because he had mentioned going to Russia before he had died. Okay, so Carl died but didn't die in 1914. Yes. Eight years later, came back and killed the whole family. Uh-huh. And then went to World War II and was in Fought Russia's, as a Soviet Russian yeah, soldier. On Russia. <laughs> yeah, okay. Mm, okay. Interesting. I just want to make sure I understand. This is the most outlandish suspect that there is. <laughs> yeah, because that seems a little bit... Mm. The other ones make a lot more sense. <laughs> But I thought that this one was weird, and I would put Funny. it in there at the beginning. Yeah. All right. So the second suspect, the one that I personally think is the most plausible, was Lorenz Schlittenbauer, who was the neighbor who had found the body. Schlittenbauer. So Schlittenbauer's <laughs> wife died in 1918, and it's believed that after his wife's death, he had started a relationship with Victoria mm -hmm. And he could have possibly been Joseph's father. Ooh. So there's multiple people that they think that might could be have Joseph's, been Joseph's father, father, but not her husband that's dead. Yes. So Victoria just got around. I mean, she was Which a widow. Which more power to her, I'm not judging. Oh, so Joseph was conceived after her husband died? Yeah, because he, quote oh, unquote, supposedly that. died in 1914 during World War I. Oh. Joseph was born in 1920 because he was two years old at the time of the murders in 1922. Oh. So okay. dead. Well, she was a widow. Four she, years you gotta, later. You gotta wet your whistle every now and then, exactly. man. Exactly. Oh, yeah, totally. Unless it's your father. Yeah, that's... <laughs> well, yeah, if that there is also the possibility <laughs> that as a widow in those times that she was taken advantage of yeah. any of those times when she got pregnant. Oh, yeah. But probably more likely she was just like, I'm a horny widow. I'm lonely. Schlittenbauer came under suspicion after he started acting suspicious right before the bodies were discovered. When Schlittenbauer and his friends arrived to investigate, they broke a gate to enter the barn. But after discovering the first four bodies, Schlittenbauer opened the front door with a key and entered the house alone. So he had a key to the house? Yes. Always? But not to the barn? Suddenly. Um, well... I mean, were they good it's, friends? It, it could have been that he was he was their neighbor, so it could have been because he was their neighbor, or it could have been because he was having a relationship with Victoria uh, and she had given him a key. Trust I mean, no one. I'm thinking back then. I barely then, though, trust like, Kyle. I'm thinking back then, though, your neighbor was probably five to ten miles away. I don't even trust you. Yeah, yeah especially in like farmsteads. Uh huh. And they would have had to carriage there, probably. Yeah. Because I mean, maybe not. They wouldn't have had cars out there. No, 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 no. But like maybe you could it would be within walking distance. Maybe. I mean, he sent his children out there to look. I mean, back for then the walking distance was a lot further than well, what I we meant, consider yeah. walking well, distance. I mean, I meant between Lorenz and Andreas, like the kids he probably took with him to the farm and he told them to go look at the house, I thought. No, he sent his kids to look at the, the farmstead first. To, like, go what check the on the family? Hey, the family hasn't been heard from. Let me put you in danger. Go see if they're all right. <laughs> yeah. Go knock on the door where the murderer might be. Mm. I'm guessing back then there wasn't a whole lot of murdering going on like this. 
There's probably some shooting in the streets, you know what I mean? But like not like I don't know, Germans sneaking are into somebody's well, house. I, and... I don't think that they anticipated them to have been murdered. Right. I think that they were just like, oh, no one's heard from them. Go and check up on them. Okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, and a house key actually had gone missing several days before the murders. How do we know this? I I think I'm not sure. <laughs> She's like an interrogator. No, listen. <laughs> this is all information I mean, from a hundred years ago. I mean, I'm just saying everybody who lived there was dead. So who told them a house key had well, gone I missing? I assume that since they know that it was missing a few days before the murder, that someone within the home had said something to either a neighbor or to police. Mm. Lot of but so that's also wonder, another possibility that maybe yeah, because they were seeing footsteps before the murders and then a house came went missing. I wonder if they like confided in a friend or a relative or something. Yeah, because Andreas had told numerous people. He told his neighbors about the footsteps and about the the footprints in the snow and hearing things within the attic. See? So you people tell, knew. You tell your stories. That's why it's weird that that one guy didn't tell his lantern guy's story. <laughs> yeah, and the weird flesh we odor coming sure. from the fireplace. And it wasn't necessarily a flesh odor, just a disgusting smell. So Schlittenbauer was asked why he entered the house alone. That's another weird part that none of you picked up on. Mm-hmm. He went yeah. into the house by himself he after finding four just bodies. picked up on it. Oh, I didn't hear it. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Well, no, but yeah. No. But like he, he had just know. found four dead bodies in a barn and then went and entered well, into this house alone where there could have still possibly and, been a murderer there. And did anybody People know he was going or was he just like, I'm going to sneak away? No, I, I think they all went to the house. He had a key. He entered alone. He told them to stay out there. Oh, so when you so I'll I thought the, the others hero. were in the barn. I'm dumb today, guys. <laughs> like, I cannot keep up with anything. It's all also a lot of speculation because it's information from 100 years ago. Um, so this is kind of me coloring it in the way that I think it would have been. Schlittenbauer entered the house alone. When he was asked why he entered the house alone, um, if the murderer could have still been in the house, he reportedly said that he was looking for his son, Joseph. So he acknowledged in that moment, yep. supposedly, that Joseph was his child. I've put put it together and that just solidifies <laughs> my theory that I'll tell you at the end of this podcast. I, can't I don't know. Did wait. he get his statements uh, notarized? I want to know if it's... Uh... Did they have notaries in 1920s <laughs> Germany? <laughs> it's a quote-unquote known fact. I don't know how it was known. Quote-unquote. <laughs> quote-unquote. When you say quote-unquote around known, it probably doesn't mean known. <laughs> it's the word you should use. People say it's known, but there's yes, I hinkiness. Know. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the word they used but in the Wikipedia. Evidence? <laughs> I don't know. This was 100 years ago, but apparently Schlittenbauer had disturbed the bodies at the crime scene. He, which potentially the compromised. the people that he killed. We don't know that for sure. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's not my turn yet. This potentially (laughs) compromised the entire investigation. There was also a local teacher. And he made himself dinner. Local teacher Hans, you blogger? (laughs) (laughs) Y'all blogger? Y-B-L-A-G-G-E-R. Oh, Y-B-L? You blogger. You blogger. I bet the Y is kind of... I bet the Y's kind of like, like almost it. non-existent though too. Blager. 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 Now I made we sound it Swedish, Swedish again. Why I do know. I do that every time? 
Local local teacher Hans Eblager found Schlittenbauer visiting the remains of the demolished Tinterkaifeck farm in 1925. I think like two years after the murders took place, they just demolished the entire house, which actually led them to finding some more evidence. But so Lorenz Schlittenbauer went and visited these remains. And when he was asked why he was there, he stated that the per- perpetrator's attempt to bury the family's remains in the barn was hindered by frozen ground. So that was intimate knowledge of the conditions of the ground at the time of the murders and also wild speculation about an aspect of the murders and (laughs) the covering up of the murders that he was not prompted for and he should not have known. (laughs) Okay, so I'm with you on the unknown information, but... He also knows about the weather, and if it yeah. was snowy and cold out, it's and he he was logical their neighbor, so to he assume lived in the same area. Right, it's well, logical to assume he would just think the ground was frozen. There's also that, but I also there's something to be said about how like on important days of your life you remember things like yeah, what the, the weather most is mundane like. thing where it's like on i mean especially in colorado on any given day in april it could either be blizzarding or it could be 80 degrees outside mm-hmm. and you wouldn't remember the difference unless something really important happened to you on that day and if you murdered six people that feels like it would be something that's I'm, really yeah. important to you <laughs> thing. i'm just saying that that's not a good lead because there are too many sides to it yeah yeah i agree so the the overarching speculation is that Schlittenbauer murdered the family after Victoria demanded support for Joseph. And before his death in 1941, Schlittenbauer actually won several civil claims for slander because so many people in the town and surrounding area were convinced that he was the murderer. And it was like ruining his life, essentially. <laughs> so he won a lot of civil suits. So they had absolutely no proof then. No. Yeah. He could just be a weird guy. Yeah, he could yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, it was all it was all hearsay. Everything that is, like, quote-unquote evidence against him is circumstantial, like you said. And mostly people saying that, oh, well, I saw him do this. I heard him do this. Sorry. You also have to buy into he had a motive strong enough to kill his son, too. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, if it was his son, which he claimed it was. Mm-hmm. so We think, well, and well we think maybe, <laughs> too, yeah. All right, so the next suspects, plural, are the Gump brothers. Adolf, oh, it's them. Oh, it's them. Well, <laughs> their name is Gump and they live in Germany. That just seems like an insult. <laughs> One of the Gump brothers, Adolf Gump, was listed as a suspect as early as April 9th in 1922 due to his connections to the Free Corps Oberland which was a volunteer paramilitary organization that fought against communist and Polish insurgents in the Weimar Republic. So he was like a militia man, essentially. Weimar? In Germany, somewhere. Okay. (laughs) I assume. In 1951, prosecutor Andreas Popp investigated Adolf and Anton Gump in relation to the murders, their sister, Krasenshia Mayer, claimed on her deathbed that Adolf and Anton had committed the murders. Anton was remanded in police custody, but Adolf had already died at this point in 1951. He had died in 1944. So Anton was dismissed three years later in 1954 because he couldn't be proven to have participated in the crime. 
So what it comes down to is there's a few people that could have done it, but no. no proof. Yeah, a lot of people that could have done it, but not really any proof for any of them. Yeah. The next people that were suspects were Carl S. and Andreas S. In 1971, many years later, Teresa T. wrote a letter claiming that at age 12, her mother received a visit from the mother of Carl and Andreas S., this woman claimed that her sons were the murderers of Hinterkaifeck and claimed that Andreas regretted that he lost his penknife. And when the farmstead was demolished in 1923, so I guess the year after, not a couple of years after, there was a pocket knife that was found. And the knife wasn't claimed to be anyone's, but it could have belonged to one of the victims and no one would have known because they were all dead and they couldn't have said, hey, that's my knife. <laughs> this is like a crazy, weird game of telephone. <laughs> kind of is and i so get confused so, on who people are who's there's Andre, so know. many of the and same Carl names S. they are two suspects i know they but who are they them, in the family because andreas no, there's no the one f- in the family <clears throat> oh andreas okay. gruber was, was the father was the father carl gabriel was the husband of victoria and there's two other andreases and like yes. five other carls andreas pop was an investigator or a prosecutor um andreas s was a possible suspect. Carl S. was a possible suspect. And then Carl was one of the kids, too. No, Joseph. Joseph was, was the, the son. Oh, and I then Cazelia Carl... was the daughter. Cazelia was That's also right. the mom. That's right. okay. That's right. <laughs> There's a lot of names that are very similar because German people name themselves after each other, it feels like. <laughs> Can you draw me, like, a family tree? <laughs> yeah, no yeah. shit. No shit. I okay. will. So they're not part of the family. I no, got no, no. it. That's they're all I needed to know. random people speculated to have possibly been murderers. Okay. Another suspect was Peter Weber, who was named a suspect. That's the first Peter we've yeah. come across today. <laughs> Here's the third Joseph we're going to come across. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So Peter was named a suspect by Joseph Betts, who had worked with Peter Weber in 1919 and 1920. Weber spoke of a remote farm, Hinterkaifeck. And this is all according to Joseph Betts. Um, He knew one old couple lived there with their daughter and her children. Betts testified that Weber suggested killing Andreas Gruber to get the family's money. But when Betts refused, Weber stopped talking about it. The next two suspects were the Bickler brothers and George Seigel? Seigel? The former maid of Hinterkaifeck, Crescens Riger, worked from November 1920 to September 1921. So, like, pretty much right, not right before, but a few months before the murders took place. She had suspected brothers Anton and Carl Bickler to be the murderers. Anton Bickler helped harvest potatoes at Hinterkaifeck, so he knew the premises. Must be a murderer. I mean, like we already established, all of this is just like wild speculation on everyone's part with zero evidence. (laughs) Sorry, I've been watching too much of this show on Discovery Plus that is like a retired police detective and uh, defense attorney. And they actually go to families who are positive that their loved ones are innocent. And were convicted wrongly, and they actually look into it, oh. and they'll tell them they're like totally honest. Like if they think there's something to it, they'll get them a private investigator to move forward. If they're like, no, you, this person did it, and you need to just like find a way to, although they're nicer than what I just said. But anyway, so I've been seeing so much of the like 
How could anybody convict someone on that? Oh, he knew where the house was. You know what I mean? I've been yeah. watching a lot of <laughs> a lot of people have been in jail for decades for when their for, case is essentially that. Yeah, yeah. For anyway, sure, for sure. Sorry. No, don't apologize ever I always about anything. <laughs> so, Riger claimed that Bickler often talked about Gruber and the Gabriel family and suggested that they should be dead. The farm dog who barked at everyone, like every person who ever came onto the farm, everyone in the family, had never barked at Anton. Hmm. And it was reported that Rieger spoke with a stranger through her window at night who was believed to be Carl Bickler, which was Anton's brother. Rieger believed that Anton and Carl committed the murder with George Siegel. <laughs> <laughs> Siegel had worked at Hinterkaifeck and knew of the family's fortune, and he supposedly broke into the home in November of 1920 and stole a number of items, although he denied these claims. And he did state that he carved the handle of the murder weapon when he worked at Hinterkaifeck, and he knew that it would be held in the passage of the barn. Why didn't he take the money if he knew they had a lot of money? That's the thing. Like, this one was entirely based upon the fact that they wanted to rob them, but right, they right. already established that it wasn't that, that it probably was not robbery based because the money was still right. there. <laughs> I mean, I think back then if you take the time to take them all out to the barn, kill or t kill them in the house, drag them to the barn. Yeah. Supposedly try to dig and you can't, you're not going to be like, Oh, we have to get out of here now. You're going to yeah. go steal the fucking money. Well, and there's evidence <laughs> that they had been there for, that they were there for many days because right. they were feeding the cattle. So it's not like they ran out of time to get the money and then just left. The next <laughs> suspects were the Thaler brothers. Uh, a lot of brothers. I know, a lot of, like, duo, double brother trouble. Is this a sign, <laughs> Hannah? <laughs> so the Thaler brothers were another group of suspects. Again, the former maid, Crescens Rieger, made a statement and the Thalers had already committed several minor burglaries in the area before the murders. Rieger stated that Joseph Thaler stood at her window and asked questions about the family. Joseph claimed to know which family member was sleeping where, and he also knew that they had money. Rieger also noted that during the conversation that there was another person believed to be Joseph's brother. I find it strange that this maid was like, multiple men are coming up to me at <laughs> my window in the middle of right, the night to right. speak of this family. Like, if it had just been, I ran into so-and-so at the at the apothecary. Yeah. And <laughs> what is it? At the local mercantile. <laughs> the drugstore. And then I ran into so-and-so like at the pub. Everything was like, a drugstore. All these men come and stand under my window. It sounds like she has a little bit of a narcissistic kind yeah. of. The mercantile was not a drugstore. It's where you got your mercantiles. Yeah. No, I just mean, I just mean that back in the 1920s, everybody was going to the drugstore. Oh, well, they were. Yeah. To get their Coca-Cola. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. With real cocaine. I go to the drugstore once a okay. month. And if they knew the secret password, they got a little bit more. <laughs> so the last and final suspect on my list, at least, I'm sure there were many more, um, is Paul Mueller. So in the book, The Man from the Train... Author... Did you read a book for this? No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> but in the book, The Man no, from no, no, the no. Train. I don't know how to read. Um, <laughs> I'm reciting all of this from memory. I don't have it written down because I don't know how to read. 
So in the book, The Man from the Train, that I did not read, this is just from <laughs> Wikipedia, um, author Bill James alleges that Paul Mueller could have been responsible for the Hinterkaifeck murders. He was the only, the only suspect in the 1897 murder of a Massachusetts family. Oh. James believed that Mueller killed dozens of victims in the U.S. based on newspaper archives and the Hinterkaifeck murders shared certain similarities with Mueller's suspected crimes. Um, the slaughter of an, namely the things that were shared were the slaughter of an entire family in an isolated home, the use of a blunt edge, the use of a blunt edge of a farm tool, um, the apparent absence of robbery as a motive. Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. So his theories, he did a bunch of murders in America and then traveled to Germany. And yeah. So it's. And he, he is he documented to have been in Germany at the time? He was described in a lot of like articles and archives as a German in immigrant. Oh, so it's okay. suspected that he left the U.S. for Germany after investigators and journalists had started publicizing patterns in um, certain family murders across state lines. He went because, back home. Yeah, because the, the one that he was attributed to that... Bill James talked about in 1897 in Massachusetts was like a decent amount of time before the Hinterkaifeck murders took place. Okay. And that was only one of the supposed crimes. And so it's suspected he came after committing those murders, came back to Germany, committed the Hinterkaifeck murders and, and then, then fucked off. Yeah. <laughs> fucked off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe he died. People don't, serial killers don't usually stop for no reason. No. But there, but back I mean, then there could have been other murders that fit that were the just same never bill attributed. that were never attributed and we don't have documentation on them I now. mean, it sounds like he's been around for a while, so he could have hit 35 and died too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, this was the 20s, man. If you lived to be <laughs> okay, fucking I'm sorry. 40. I'm sorry, 45 and died. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> So um, two, two of the murders that were, like, publicized to have certain patterns in them were the murders of two families in a single night in Colorado Springs in 1912, Ooh. and then a similar murder that took place weeks later in Kansas. Hmm. Also, interestingly oh, the, enough, the Velisca Axe yes, murders... I was thinking about that. ...were attributed, were attributed to Paul Mueller. Yeah, I was thinking about those murders specifically. Very similar yes, in everything Velisca that happened. Ask, ask, oh my God, why can I never say... Because it's hard. Velisca Axe, axe murders. murders. <laughs> and I think the thing that's like the yeah, closest... Yeah, I was In the Velisca Axe murders... There were also those footsteps that were seen only leading to yep. the house, not away from the yes, house. Yes, and there was theory that somebody had been in the house, staying in the house before uh, the murders happened. That's we cover I was this? thinking about that. The, did we? No, we no. never covered or it. Or did I just listen to a podcast? You probably listened to. There's, there's a, a lot of podcasts on the Velisca axe murders. Very similar. Mm -hmm. I was For, honestly thinking of doing those before doing this one, and I was like, they're basically the same fucking yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Huh. No, um, <laughs> I did have a theory and a story. Are you done now? Yes, I that is it. I'm finished. <laughs> I did have a theory and a story, but now that you'd mentioned that last person and brought the two together, which now and I didn't know that there was a way that they could be connected. Now I'm changing my theory, but my th I'm going to give you what I thought. So this okay. is what I think <laughs> happened. So I think that Victoria and Schlittenbauer were having a relationship, but for whatever reason, her father, Andreas, did not like Schlittenbauer. And 
I don't know if there was a relationship between Andreas and Victoria, maybe that spurned that hatred for Schlittenbauer, but he had forbid him to come around the home. And that evening, Victoria got into that. She ran off. She got into a heated argument with her father over how she loved Schlittenbauer and she wanted to be with him and he forbid it. And she ran off hysterical. And so the night of the murders, Schlittenbauer had, snuck onto the property, which he had done multiple times before, hence the footprints in the snow, to meet up with Victoria in one of the other buildings so that they could have their tryst and their rendezvous, right? So he met up with Victoria in the barn, but Andreas, he knew what was going on, so he went to the barn and he caught Victoria and Schlittenbauer together. And in his anger and in the heated argument and the fight, Victoria was killed. And it was an accident, but Schlittenbauer went mad and he slaughtered the entire family in his heartbreak. That's what I think happened. That sounds like the next Lifetime movie of the week, (laughs) (laughs) You like it? Okay, good. No, yeah, I think that that Paul Mueller is the most, one one of the more plausible ones. That makes sense. But that all depends on the fact that he actually was the one who committed the Velisca Axe murders. Because otherwise, it's just two weird murders that are like coincidentally the same in two different countries. But with the other murders in America, I think we could reasonably maybe say that the person who committed those murders committed the murders in Germany as well. Yeah. 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 Very good story, Hannah. Thank you. I liked it. Thanks. So many I think you need to brush up a little on your German pronunciation before you do another German story. But um, listen, you do a lot of German stories. All right. Well, I think it's time to move on. Two things that don't suck. Things that don't suck. Things that don't suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who wants to go first? Me. Yay, Hannah. My thing that doesn't suck is that I got a new job. I still yeah, have my yeah. old job, but now I just have two jobs. But you like but your I new like job. But I like my second job. Yeah. yeah. Mine's kind of a thing that doesn't suck, but it's mostly a shout out. I just want to say hi to my bosses who listen to this podcast. You know who you are. This is Jess, by the way, in case you can't recognize my voice because we sound alike. So that's, I guess, my thing that doesn't suck. Thanks for listening. Excited to have you on board. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, wow, my... we're just moving right around. Usually, I have to prompt everybody. <laughs> oh, I know. This is great. Um, I think we're all eager to be well, done with the podcast. I don't have a second one, so next episode. Okay. Yeah. Um, my thing that doesn't suck. Did I say this last time? My thing that doesn't suck is tap class. Yeah, I'm mean, gonna have a blast. That tap is cool, class. though. Tap class has been a lot I, of fun. I went with mom and Hannah the first time because I was really scared, and I made them come with me. And I have gone by myself most times after that, and I have gone every single time. Yay. Since we've gone, like, the instructor knows me. A lot of the people that have been going regularly also know me. That's cool. I think it's great. I am having a lot of fun. I'm really eager. I'm coming next week. Yeah, no, I think it's great you're doing it Uh and you're having fun and and you're learning. Like, I was watching you when I went just with the few times you've gone that I wasn't there. And you can tell 
My thing that doesn't suck is that um, I started a new job a while ago, which I already used that as a thing that doesn't suck, but I just bought some new clothes for my new job, and that's yeah. cool because I am learning how to live in a world where I don't wear scrubs and elastic waist of pants, but secret, most of my pants have elastic waist, but no I mean, one can tell. It's a thing they look, they look dressy. They look nice. It's just kind of nice, like, getting up in the morning and giving a shit what I look like. I still don't dress up very much. I don't really wear any jewelry, and I put on very minimal makeup but like i put on makeup that's a new thing for me i'm a 46 year old woman that used to only wear makeup like once every two months when i would go out to a bar and then it was just eyeliner and blush (laughs) and it's still just Uh eyeliner and blush but now it's every day so if i go to the bar maybe i'll put on a little eyeshadow or mascara i I still never did my makeup for work when i was going to work I just do a little eyeliner. It's because I'm getting old too, and I like look at myself, and I look I look younger when I have a little makeup on. It makes me feel good. It's just about that. It's just that yeah. I feel good, kind of worry like I caring know, like, how I look, and now, it makes me feel pretty. Now and that I I've like hit it. forty, I'm like, should I start wearing makeup? I don't have that youthful glow anymore. Exactly. Well, and I also think there's something to be said because I don't wear a lot of makeup, but I have like a skincare routine that I wake up early uh-huh. and do every single day. And there's something to be said about like just taking that time out of your day to give yourself that little bit of extra care you know and and i used to do stuff like that still like the skincare but like i never like i had my getting dressed when i wore scrubs was like do i want to wear my blue top with my black pants oh it's the same or do i want to wear my starbucks (laughs) i mean we have like our dress code i I have my drawer that's full of starbucks clothes and one side is shirts and then the middle is pants and then the other side is aprons and and i I grab just whatever's on the top from each row i feel the most comfortable when i'm wearing a dress because no pants is the best pants. Yeah, I hate dresses. No pants is the best pants. I sit cross-legged in my chair at work. So no pants yeah, I don't like is to, the best pants. I don't pants. like it to be, ha- I don't like having to be conscious of how I'm sitting. Just put shorts on. Still. But no pants. Isn't that little, like little kid well, Little biker shorts. Who cares? Pants on the floor. No pants, pants on the floor. The best Looking pants. like a fool with your pants on the I floor. I realized that We're gonna I... end this episode. Now there is no more because your pants on the floor. I am the pants naked neighbor on the floor. I realize that I'm the naked neighbor. Oh. Better lock she... your doors or you be <gasps> no more. She's got to do it because I did it Hannah's so badly. for a real oh, goodbye. Listen. Is that it? Or are we just like going to fade out? Yep. I don't know. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>